Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the... LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Thursday, uh, November 19th. Almost forgot the date. Uh, doing a double podcast here. We have in both of the voices of LAFC on the podcast. Uh, as we know, LAFC have a big matchup on Tuesday, November 24th against the Seattle Sounders. News broke today. Obviously, we know we know now that Diego Rossi, Brian Rodriguez, uh, and uh, the remaining uh, Diego Palacios and uh, Jose Sinfuentes aren't going to be there. And also news broke uh, earlier today, later today, that uh, Brian Rodriguez was confirmed positive with COVID-19. So four for four, unfortunately, even though it looked it looked like, you know, the, like it was going to break LAFC's way. They were going to come. Um, but unfortunately, that's not it. Bob spoke today. On, on the press call, he said that they practice, you know, they expected to practice, they, they practice without him. And so it's unfortunate with them. But along with me here tonight, we have Max Bradas from LASC. Max, how you doing? Good. I, I, <laughs> I had to hit the mute button because my wife's making dinner, which oh, I'm fine. very excited. About, but I can hear the, the pressure cooker. If you hear that, that's what you're hearing. But it'll go away. I'm doing good. It's uh, it's strange, Gio, because of all the stuff you just said and how frustrating to see the news about Brian because you had a little sliver that, okay, maybe one of these guys, but then just, you know, cataclysmic bad luck. You know, a lot of guys uh, unfortunately contracted COVID on international duty, but all four of LAFC's guys is very frustrating. I'm sure we'll talk more about it, but I know LAFC knew and Bob Bradley knew this was a possibility and now they're facing it. And I know they're preparing, uh, they were preparing to certainly play without these guys. And now they know they will, at least for the first game, hopefully not beyond that, but we shall see. And hopefully there is a second game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hopefully, hopefully there is a second game. Hopefully, if, you know, if they move on, that's it. But I, th- I think, you know, what I, what I do like is that the league pushed, you know, even they, they, they spoke with the, you know, the MLSPA and all the, the disease ex- experts and stuff to, to get charter flights and to, you know, this was going to be the safest that did all that. I like that the MLS did that unfortunately it's 2020 and this is what ended up ended up happening um you know so by the way geo that charter flight thing was going to be crazy from what i understood they're going to have a pick up a guy here in ecuador okay that's what i that's what i was assuming i I was trying to figure out what was going on but i I go is it one plane one guy and they go no don't don't be stupid i go i know (laughs) but i mean it's they gotta get these guys so i think it was going to pick up guys here in different cities and then bring them back to the states yeah, I, I figured it was going to be something like that. It wasn't going to be like Rossi and De- Rossi and finally they're <laughs> going to get their own private jets just flying by themselves, right? Not well, yet. Not there not yet, yet. Right? Maybe closer than we think because I was, to your point, I was very surprised that they were going to approach it and speed up the uh, qu- the quarantine protocol where it wouldn't have to be 10 days. So I was everything was in place. Unfortunately, they, the four guys got COVID. Yeah. 
uh, just to close that out, we're, we're really starting to see how much money MLS is willing to dish out to have, you know, the most important players, because essentially if you have the best players on there, you're going to have essentially, you would have in theory, the best product on the field. And that's what makes sense. And I like that that most did that. Um, let's talk about today's call. Uh, I think you were on it with Bob and stuff. You mentioned a lot of different things. Uh, one of the things he mentioned, um, I, I'd ask him, you know, who was going to go in place of uh, Diego Rossi. And the one name he mentioned was uh, Christian Torres, which, you know, we all assumed that that would potentially be him. And But it's great to hear Bob's thoughts on the 16-year-old kid, Christian Torres. What are, what are your thoughts on Christian uh, Torres coming into a game like this? And what are your thoughts on the type of impact he can have on, in this game? Christian continues to impress and when everyone came back from the first international duty, I think we all prepared ourselves to say that, hey, the academy guys were a great story, but now they can move aside and the senior guys will take it from here. Well, an opportunity has arisen. Christian looks ready. And I think you re- he's going to play some kind of role here because he, uh, without Diego, who is the fastest player for LAFC, you need someone who can kind of stretch the field a bit and take on defenders. And he's willing to do that. You can see it. He has that confidence. So it makes sense. Now, is it a recipe for success to throw a 16 year old and into a playoff game and the biggest game of the year for LAFC? Most people would say that's probably not the best direction, but they were fortunate enough to get enough games under him. He looks wise. He scored that goal. I think that did incredible my, things my for his <laughs> the steam, the, the, the pressure cooker, the dog. We have some nice ambient sound. But I think he's the one guy because you think of the front three. Okay, Carlos Vela is going to start. Uh, hopefully, I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips, you would imagine he's I, he had didn't play so much the last two games. He'll probably get in there. But uh, is that mean Danny Masoski? You you concede a lot the way you play because with Brian and Diego, you guy you have guys who stretch and push. I think you need a player like that, and the most the guy who kind of resembles more Brian, I think, than Diego is uh, Christian Torres. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited, and I need. I'm also excited because of what this means for the academy, what this means for kids from Southern California. There's a pathway now, and it's it, the 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 everything that LAFC has done, everything they're doing, it has it's working, and you're going to see a 16 year old kid start, uh, potentially start with them. Uh, excuse me, potentially start with them on Tuesday, and it's an exciting time if you're a young kid in Southern California looking. Okay, you know maybe if you have to choose between academies, and you're in Southern California, LAFC Academy is looking really good. And Gio, you make a great point about, look, LAFC is for Los Angeles. The supporters, uh, the people who work with the club, you, me, we we love this city. But the one thing that was missing was someone from Los Angeles on the field. Yep. Yep. And now you have that. And, uh, it, it, you know, he's from San Bernardino County in the Fontana. He, uh, Eric Duenas is from El Monte. Mm-hmm. And we had that a bit with Adrian Perez. But now you have these guys who are really – represent the city in a wonderful way and it's exciting to have that because we can all relate to it and there's people yeah, yeah. And actually, in la used, that relate yeah i used to growing up funny quick little story i, I lived in a, a they call it Elmani el monte i lived growing up there and then uh, my cousin she bought a house in fontana so i lived in fontana wow for like a, like a year like a year for real so it was like uh, when i moved back to cali so i have ties to those areas i'm not gonna say to the players but to those areas do you ever um, live in long beach no nah, not not long beach. T- I, I, tony leone is the other one who was gonna oh, play okay. at some point 
No, I've, I've, I've driven through Long Beach and hung out there, you know. Checked out the love, I love hanging out in Long Beach. I miss hanging out in Long Beach. Yeah, no, so so it's like I said, it, that was what was missing from for, for this LAFC team, and, and I'm happy they finally have an L.A. player or a Southern California player, I guess you better would say. Um, looking at the defense, um, to me, I think this is potentially where the game may be. Uh, on Because we've known LAFC has conceded a lot more goals this, this year than they have last year. And there's a lot of things that came into play, right? You you can name any any number of things, but I think to me is where I see where LAFC can definitely either win it or lose it. And another caveat to that, I would add the goalkeeper, depending if it, uh, it does. It, I don't I don't know if it's Kenneth Vermeer. It's looking like it. Maybe Pablo Cisneros. But I, what I'm alluding to is if they have a big save or if they have an error. And both keepers have had some good saves down the stretch. And I think we saw some toughness from Pablo in a couple games where he'd come out and punch the ball. There's one time where he and uh, Eddie Segura clashed heads, but obviously you had that. And then Kenneth made the penalty save and was doing well. So I'm, I, I'm confident, more confident there than I had been earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And the back line, I, it's 100% where the game is going to be de- determined. If LAFC can limit the amount of goals, and they had an issue with that in the two games in Seattle, they allowed three goals and then three goals. Six goals. You, you can't allow three goals. You can allow maybe one and get away with it. Anything more than that, you're going to find some problems against a team. Uh, you're you're going to have to manufacture goals, and that's going to be harder without Diego Rossi and Brian Rodriguez. But I'm in, I'm optimistic about what I saw in the Portland game. I don't know if Eddie Segura plays right back, but he plays right back better than I saw Tristan Blackman. Tristan's a good center back, so if Eddie can play right back, all of a sudden you have a back four that's big, strong. You know, Jesus Murillo provided a lot. And with Tristan and Eddie Segura, you 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 can handle, uh, and maybe this is why they did this in the first place. You can handle Jordan Morris, who kind of goes towards that right back anyway, and uh, uh, when he attacks, so it's it looks better than it has at any point of the season. You have some flexibility. It would look better, obviously, if Cheeky is there, but Jordan's, I would imagine, would put his hand up, and Mohamed El Manir's put some good minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think you have five or six guys that. I think we can feel confident could get the job done, whether they do it, they're just going to have to have a real good performance, but I, a lot of people feel they can. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely do, do believe that they can. And, and I'm with you on that. Uh, obviously we're not, we're not at practice. I don't know if you're, you're allowed to practice um, with all nope. this COVID thing. Okay. So obviously we're just assuming here, but I, I, I think I like uh, El Munir on that right back as well. Cause I, from what we've seen, um, I know he was on the injury list. We don't know. I think he might have been uh, one of the players that got COVID. Hopefully it wasn't a serious injury. Um, and I think, you know, if you have, whether it's El Mernier or Eddie Segura on the right back, it, it, that you have some some strength there uh, when, when you come playing against those, uh, you know, the, the, the strong attack that Seattle comes with. But you also got some speed. And I think El Mernier may provide a little, little bit more offensive uh, on that right back opposed to Eddie Segura. But I, I definitely do – you know, do think the game's going to come down to the defense and the goalkeeper. That's, that's all saying if we're even like, you know, I'm just saying if there were even in the midfield, you know, even, even uh, up top, I think the game could come down to that and I could be completely wrong. And the game doesn't come back to that. It it goes down to something else. Right. Right. Well, the crazy thing is we've been talking here for like 10, 15 minutes and we haven't really mentioned Carlos Vela as, Mm -hmm. but you're, the reason is, I think everyone's kind of nervous to put too much on his shoulders, but timing wise, it's gotten better to do that. But, and the reason I bring up Carlos, I'm sure we'll talk about him more 
is he looks capable of that magic moment and we'll see how he combines with whoever's at the the top there but what will allow him to have an impact and take the pressure off is that defense and I think when we approach a game where you lose four guys I all four are starters not all the time but when you say okay we're going to be missing these guys you pretty much say we're not it's over but then LAFC has enough of this class in enough places it's got to hit and they're not going to be able to go very deep but there's guys that are difference makers there and it's the great equalizers so it's I I I I would think Normally, you would put your head down in these situations as you should, but my head's not going down. I don't think a lot of LAFC fans, they're frustrated because of all the news about the four internationals. And you you say, can't we catch a break? All four. Yes, all four. But even then, we were kind of preparing without preparing in the back of your head being commonsensical thinking they might they may not be ready even if they don't have COVID. Mm-hmm. And now you have this group and they've had 10 days to train. So I'm, again, I'm, I, I want to see it. It it could, they could get some bad bounces, but I'm confident. I'm confident with the group they have. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, uh, uh, you know, just to head out a little bit more on Carlos Vela, he's going to show up for this big game. Uh, no doubt about that. That's who Carlos is. That's his greatness. I mean, just, I mean, just seeing it, he makes so many things that you see on the field or a certain pass or a certain goal, just look easy that the average human being, average player is not necessarily capable of doing it, and he is the best player in the league. But you're, he's also going up against, I think, one of, if not the best team in the league, the Seattle Sounders. And I just want to go back to last year when they played, when they, when the Seattle Sounders played. I think it was a playoff game when when they knocked them off at, at the bank. One thing that I sticks in my mind is how physical the Seattle Sounders were with Carlos Vela. Um, and I don't think he was that effective because they 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 really game plan to take Carlos Vela out of the game. Um, if that happens again, Max, which I assume, um, if they if they I assume they're going to be very physical with Vela, trying to knock him off his game. What can LAFC and Bob Riley do to adjust? I would imagine we have to prepare ourselves for that. And we remember that game. It was Adiaga who was, you know, kind of in Carlos's pocket. And there was a couple calls. I think everyone's like, wait, you got to call that. And the referees did it. So I think you, you, first of all, if you're Bob, it's like you, you have a, a grown up conversation with those referees and go, look, this is what happened. And Bob, Bob knows everything that needs to be done, but you've got to bring that to their attention. If it doesn't go your way, then, you've got to find ways to take uh, pressure away, um, attention away from Carlos. And that's a big ask. And uh, that's where a guy like Christian Torres, uh, Latif Blessing would be able to possibly do it. Uh, Mark Anthony K, whatever role he might play. And he's also pretty physical, but everyone has to lift their physicality and just find a way to break that team. And it's going to be required good dribbling, finding the space, being crisp with your passes so that you can turn around and maybe for one instant or two instant, find Carlos Vela open facing goal. And when those opportunities come in, hopefully they seize them. Yeah, no, I, I, I I'm very interested because I really do feel like it's a chess match. You know, I don't, I don't think, I know these, these games this year have been, you know, blown big, big leads, three, one, you know, four, two. Um, and I think this game's really good. It's really going to be, uh, it's really going to come down to potentially like one or two goals. I excuse me, one goal, uh, one goal difference. Um, Let's talk about the playoffs. What news broke about the, you know, the, the playoffs and if the you know, team gets COVID, um, 
one team, the team that gets COVID would have to forfeit opposed to the other team. And on top of that, that if both teams got COVID, that the team, uh, the only team that would advance would be the points per game. Um, what do you make of all that? It's look, everyone wants to hit the finish line and uh, my hat goes off to major league soccer. Cause we got this far and I look at the standings and go, LAFC played 22 games. I don't know how, cause we had a cancellation. We had a postponement. We had a rescheduling and they managed to get to 22 games. COVID's going to rear its head and it's, it's already has. We, I think there was a report uh, it's affecting inter Miami and they play on a Friday night. Uh, and I, I don't know if that, that rule is going to be put into place. It depends how proliferated that the the situation is with Inter Miami. But maybe Friday we were watching the game and said, "Look, there was too many cases. Nashville's going through to the next round, and that'd be disappointing." We're all going to hold our breath. You hated this to happen at the beginning, but you know, once these things get started, it's going to be a sprint. It's three weeks and a day from the beginning of the playoffs to MLS Cup, so there's no room to reschedule anything. But it's it's essential once you get these games under that people keep a good bubble with their team. Uh, I think it's fortunate for LAFC. They play Seattle. They don't have to live the Pacific time zone. If if they get through and Portland does it, they would have a similar situation. They might have to face FC Dallas, which would be a little different. But then they can travel the day of. And, you know, I was talking to some journalists who've been talking to a lot of players. And they say the players enjoy traveling the day of uh, more so than you would think. So it's, you've just got to keep your head down. This thing's got to start. Once it starts, we just kind of hold our breath and reach the finish. And it's, it's going to be fun to watch all this. But again, we just don't know because it's not a bubble like we had in, in Orlando. And every day you wake up, anything can happen. Look, we yeah. woke up, we found out the Rossi news, the Sifu, the Cheeky news, and the Brian news, and the Inter-Miami news. It's... It's happening over and over again. It's gonna, there's going to be something COVID-related that's going to affect someone's playoff, for sure. Yeah, I, I, and I know there's such, such, such a big time crunch. I think, to me, which I was talking earlier with Dave, if, um, if it were to come down, worst case scenario, the Western Conference Finals or the Eastern Conference Finals, and say, you know, both teams got COVID and that's the way they moved on to the final – you know, I think that's where a lot of people would be like, hey, why don't you do a final, at least for the semifinals or at least for the final? And there's a, t- a certain time crunch that they got to do it because there's also CONCACAFs. You know, LAFC is going to play in CONCACAF. And also I think Atlanta United is going to play in CONCACAF. So and I think this is them giving us a heads up like, hey, this is a scenario. Um, this is the best, the worst case scenario. And this is what we plan for. And it's a fortunate that this may potentially be a team's way whether they go or not even if they don't compete right the the only gap that they had was during the international break so they had 12 days whichever it's it's so weird because it's like rest 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 game 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 rest two games a week okay no games but this is you know that's the way it had to be done they did that to accommodate the international break unfortunately the international break is blown up uh and you know it's it's very disappointing just on a side note it's very disappointing to see especially the uruguayan guys especially diego rossi go down there for these Mm -hmm. two games not play i don't think he was ever in the plans to play uh, he's gone down there twice and four games has not been, received his cap yet. So I was hoping, I, I know it doesn't work that way where you, you throw a guy in there for two minutes. All right, you got a cap. But it, to me, it looked like he was there to help the, prepare this Uruguayan team. He was never really going to play. So when he comes back with COVID, it's just, 
it's a punch in the stomach. But uh, I, with regards to the schedule, it's uh, you just gotta you have got to put these guys under the microscope when these teams advance uh, because of those quick turnarounds. I, I I just don't see like if you said if a Western final both teams have COVID or one has COVID. It's, and these te- everyone's going to get excited to see the Western Conference final. But if you tune in, it's Sporting Kansas City versus LAFC or Sporting versus Seattle. Seattle has COVID all of a sudden, and then Sporting goes through. That's exactly what's going to happen. There's no place to get it. And the league wants to put a bow on this season. This was all done to keep it going. I'm glad they did, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see it. But this is all to kind of get some normalcy back so that 2021, it can – you know, God willing, we have a vaccine and we have these things fall in place. We can not only have a season relatively start on time, but we can have a season where people are, are watching games at the stadium. Yeah. And just to, just, just to hit on your point, I know exactly what you said um, about, you know, players not essentially playing like Rossi. Obviously, he, he might have been just a practice player for the Uruguayan. And, and, and there's a value for those guys to yeah. be there to practice with them. That helps the national team. Yeah. And at the same time, and, and there's going to be a lot of people, well, why didn't, why didn't LAFC or the league didn't do it? And I think the reason why they didn't do that is because you don't want to close the door on, you know, on your talent and you don't want to close the door on a national team competing for a world cup bid. And because it's, that's going to, if you did that, if the MLS, because there was potentially an MLS versus Comable, and I think if that went down, the the future South American players would have potentially looked at the MLS like, I'm not going to go there. You know, I'm not going to get a chance to potentially play for my home country and, and, and turn things. And it's, it's unfortunate a, that, you know, what Diego Rossi's situation was Diego Rossi's situation, and then he gets COVID. It's a good point, Gio. And I look, if anyone gets called up, especially for a country like Uruguay, which is a team that could win a World Cup yep. in 2022, that you don't turn that down. You go there. It's like any chance you, you know, to be around a coach or someone just so they see you, it's really important even if you don't play. Uh, and I get it. But I, I think it's also a case where that's how these national teams approach it and they don't care about the club teams and that's fine. And, you know, we talked to Bob Bradley about it and he says, look, if someone gets called up, he's going. I'm not, we are not the kind of club that's going to prevent that. The league cannot tell us what to do in these situations. If a guy gets called up, he should, because even if he doesn't play now, he'll play at the end. It it was just a little frustrating in this second, I think the second call up where he was there on not going to play, but there's nothing you can really do about it. It's such a weird situation. I think in, in a, in a different world, people would have said, why couldn't, Comable push these qualifiers to 2021 and they just have so many games that it would be impossible to find time for it so this is it here we are yeah in 2021 it's, it's even a packed schedule with the, with the oh. Olympics uh, if you start to look but anyway it's gonna be fun it's yeah, gonna yeah it's, be, gonna, it's gonna be fun it's, can't like, we get there already <laughs> yeah, yeah it's gonna be like boom 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 yeah I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready to get uh, out of uh, 2020 um just to, okay give me a prediction uh, versus the Seattle Sounders what, what's your prediction I don't know. I mean, I think uh, if common sense tells you Seattle is going to do well, they're, they're playoff specialists. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be on the low scoring side. You know, it, The games there were a bit strange. Uh, there was the, the game where they had the two penalty calls, you know, if these little things change, it could have been much different, but uh, Bob would mention it in his media gathering. All four games have looked very different. Uh, but I think the, the one issue is it's Seattle. The two games, I thought LAFC's game in Orlando against Seattle may was their best result of the year, which is crazy to say 
because I just remember watching it. They look amazing. They're running and they're pressing and they're pushing and they're scoring four goals. It was really impressive. And they never, I don't think we're ever able to play a game as well as that, even though they, they played that game a week or two into their, the, the reset of the season. And then the last game where they didn't have Diego Rossi, Brian Rodriguez, or Carlos Vela, and they beat them here at Bank of California Stadium. There's a lot of, I mean, different guys stepping up. So this is not, I, I think we can't look at the Seattle team as this powerhouse. They are flawed in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were a better last season. Uh, Nico Lodero's a little bit older, and he's got a lot of wear on the tires. But it's the Seattle for, part, and as Bob also touched on, playing on that surface, which gives them an advantage. The, turf, the, yeah. physic- the, the physical nature, which I think LAC have closed the gap with the arrival of Jesus Murillo, and hopefully with the return of Mark Anthony K. Those are the two elements. Otherwise, I think it's a it's a coin flip. To be honest, it's there's no LSC's got to find a way to get through here, and then if they can get here, and then they can look ahead to the next round. Hopefully, some of the guys who were on international duty could be back. There's no guarantee to that, but they've got to find a way to muscle mm-hmm. through here. This is a lot of pressure, and Seattle's yeah. feeling it too. Yeah, more Seattle's feeling more pressure than LAFC because now LAFC are seventh. Uh, it's still pressure. We know the supporters and everyone here put a lot of, uh, a lot of emphasis on this team, but uh, no one wants to see their season end Tuesday, but I think uh, they'll be able to play a little more carefree as opposed to their opponent. Yeah. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Um, Let's say things for whatever reason, don't go LAFC's way. How do you, how does, how does LAFC look at the season? How, How would they look at the season? I, I think they'll always look at the season as one that you could do things you wouldn't normally do, like play the kids, like bring guys back from injury slower than usual, which I think we saw. So this was always a season. I don't want to call it experimental because it's not, but they, they could take it. And I, as they want to win an MLS cup, but they, they obviously would like to say, look, let's get well nothing fell into place here. And if we, this season will be very frustrating in a lot of ways and something you want to put behind you, but I, I think they, they, there'll be disappointment if they lose on Tuesday, but I, I think they would, they'll have a long list of things that they can build off and get there. All these guys are young. They're going to be a, old, a year wiser. I think next year, the pressure is really going to be on. I don't know how that year is going to look, but it's going to be disappointing, but I think you will see enough of good things, especially the kids developing and especially getting everyone this experience to come a little closer. And I know every club's going to feel that, but I think it's a, it's, it's reality. And and saying that they can win MLS cup is also, you know, a a spin of the roulette because this is, this is a, this is a cup competition. Who knows how it goes. It very well could be San Jose and, Nashville in the final. Oh, it really could. That, yeah, it could. It, re- it really could. And that, that would that would definitely uh, be crazy. Regardless of what happens in the MLS Cup playoffs, their season, their soccer season's not over. They still got they still got Concacaf. So you you still have that yeah. to look forward to, right? And you can st- you would hope you would have the international players by then. And why you've got to be really optimistic about that to win it because that's going to be another sprint and. It's going to be it's going to be in the United States and it's going to be a Champions League where you've got games under your belt where you normally don't. That was always a disadvantage for MLS clubs. So I think you approach that with a lot of optimism. So it's a nice little it's a nice little ace up your sleeve if things go bad 
on Tuesday night, and uh, it, it 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 puts a lot of more. It'll get the wind back in everyone's sails quickly. It's fun. It's a, and I'm excited about that because we're going to be able to watch these games potentially through the holidays. Yeah, be like right Christmas yeah. time. You know, we're sitting here filling, shoving food in our our gut. Yeah. Maybe like LFC. maybe like a little because the the World Cup is going to be around that time as well in 2022. Yeah. So By the way, be- how lucky. That the we always complain about the World Cup being in winter time. Thank goodness it's in the winter time because it's going to give people time to qualify and get all their games in. It's mm-hmm. almost like a, a a blessing in disguise, so to speak. Yeah. One one thing just to finish up here. Um, what do, what do you make of the news of Angel Angel City FC deciding to go with the with with Bank of California Stadium, obviously home of the LAFC, which we all know. What do you make of that news, and and what do you make of you know women's soccer coming to LA? Well, I, it's really exciting, and uh, you know they could have easily played at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park. Or, uh, it's a great stadium too, but this is one that I think it benefits Angel City a lot, and it'll it'll. And I just actually did it on, I was on LAFC Instagram with Julie Ehrman, who's the president of Angel City FC. You can catch that on the LAFC account. It's been posted there, but uh, they're excited to learn from LAFC and LAFC, you know, it's a lot of eyeballs for both clubs in this city. And now, you know, that stadium is going to be churning between LAFC games and Angel City games and concerts and all sorts of events. That, that stadium is going to have all these great memories built in it. So I think it's, it's really cool. I think the women's game, is if I, you know, if, if you could buy stock, I would buy a lot of stock in women's soccer. And mm-hmm. I, I covered women's uh, world cups for ESPN in the past. And once the tournament ended, there was a little bit of a rub and then everyone forgot about it. But this time it's different because these players from that world cup were so good and, and so dominant that they are rock stars and they're playing in Europe. And now the next generation fills in and they're going to the, the, the conveyor belts moving and this there's no stopping this women's soccer uh, is going to be doing well. The NWSL has a good some good TV partners and excelling in that front. So it's a perfect time to be involved with that. I'm excited to to get an Angel City jersey and go see these games. And, you know, maybe there's a, you know, Saturday, Sunday, we'll be at the stadium twice covering this when the seasons do cross over, whenever that might be. It's a, it's exciting. And their ownership group is insane. Yeah. I mean, so they much, have everything so much covered. star power from ev- everywhere. But they look engaged. They look yeah. like they want to roll up their sleeves and help this process and they have these resources are going to go through the roof. Yeah. And I, and I hope they, they, they have a pathway, you know, like an academy pathway to you know what we're similar seeing someone from lafc but like you know for these young girls because as you know the the women's soccer game is really really underserved in the country and with that much money and that much notoriety and the people behind it i hope you know the 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 women's game really gets what it deserves yeah and you need these to, they need to make a good living and that's something that this will help uh, facilitate. I know they did mention they're going to have tryouts and they're going to move towards getting some kind of academy. So that's great news for the development of the sport here in Los Angeles, which, as we all know, has great talent, men and women. So mm-hmm. we'll find the next Christian Torres and we'll find the next Christina Torres <laughs> because it's all here in Los Angeles. Yeah. So it's it, it's L.A. is going to become a massive soccer city. And and I, I, I think we reach out to the galaxy here. I know we've had our differences, but. We've got to have we have a shared space that I think we we can we can. Yeah, make it's going to bring the bigger. clubs together. It should bring the, it the should. fan bases. The fan right. bases because together. Galaxy fans are going to be Angel City fans. LAFC fans are going to be uh, Angel City fans. So they're going to have that in common, which I think will 
uh, heal some wounds, but help everyone realize what they have here, which is something really special. Exactly. Well, Max, uh, thank you for being on. Um, you know, I know you, I know you got to eat. I know you got a, a late <laughs> night there. I didn't hear my stomach growling. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, but no, no, I, d- I definitely appreciate you uh, hopping on here just uh, to recap and, and congrats on the microphone. Oh, know, thank I, you. Look, look at the microphone. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's, look, it's, it's working. Your, your audio is t- perfect. I've, I've wor- I've used it four times in the two days I've had it, so it's been a great purchase. Yeah, like I said, I saw you got the Yeti, Yeti yeah. Simmers. I got so. the black one. You got the nice blue one. Yeah, I, I got this. Well, I got this uh, for a gift. Matt, uh, I mean, Matt, Max, I'm over here calling you different names and stuff. I've been called everything. <laughs> uh, for the people who already don't follow you, which I don't know who that is. Let who them know is they can what? Uh, Max Bredos Sports on Twitter and M Bredos on Instagram, and check out Max Bredos on YouTube. I've been I've been excited about I've been doing some YouTube uh, content, and uh, it's going it's finally getting some traction. So I'm excited about that. And it's great to always sit and chat with you, Gio. Always time well spent. I enjoy our football conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. Okay, guys, if you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure to give this a five star rating. Uh, you can listen to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you get your music. Drop, drop us a comment. Give us a review. Let us know what you think. That's gonna wrap the show up for Max's Zeal. Peace. Peace.